Jim Stroud fights to save America from the woke agenda by exposing the left and inspiring right turns with facts and informed opinions. Prepare yourself for intriguing interviews, political snark, and social commentary from a patriotic and conservative perspective. And it all starts in three, two, one. The Things I Think About podcast begins now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another action-packed episode of The Things I Think About podcast. I'm your host, Jim Stroud, and with me, as always, is a very special guest. Special guest, tell me, or tell us, rather, who are you and what do you do? Well, Jim, thank you for the invitation to be on this, your high-paced, exciting, wonderful show. I, I just feel humbled that <laughs> you extended that your wonderful invitation to this guy here. And uh, <laughs> I'm happy. Thank you for the invitation. And um, see, I, I am, you can see I'm evidently a priest and uh, I came originally from Nigeria. Oh, okay. Then part of Nigeria. And uh, I'm an American citizen as well. So I'm a first generation immigrant. And uh, I am also a professor of digital media at John Carroll University. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. You know, our the best city in the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Atlanta, where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it's located. And... Uh, a very mid-sized university is a Jesuit university um, following the tradition, like my department, I'm in the Department of Communication, uh, and that department is named after Tim Russert, if you remember the NBC Tim Russert, you know, the, mm -hmm. the popular guy that really shaped a lot of political conversations in a very critical way in the U.S. So he was um, a graduate of that department, so it's named after him, so we are following in that tradition. And uh, I'm a quality CEO, if you want to use that expression, but I like to describe it as the founder of Gracia Vobis Ministry, a ministry that is global, that tries to engage people in a cross-cultural way. You know, people from different parts. We have contributors from all over the world. And I'm also involved with research and writing and reading and, and speaking and uh, making jokes and eating good food <laughs> <laughs> and exercising. And uh, I have um, authored seven books and numerous articles. And uh, so I don't, I think that that should do it for now, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. You, you stay busy. I, yeah. I bet you're, you're one of these kind of people who uh, are busy, even though you're standing still, there's still things are going on probably in yes. the back of your mind. We are just trying to follow your footsteps. You know? <laughs> Aspire higher. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we just, at this point of the, of the recording, we have just um, finished Thanksgiving yes. and Christmas is ahead of us. Mm. And it's the holiday season is really interesting. Um from a lot of different reasons. Um, on one hand, you have, you know, you're seeing family, you're seeing friends, a lot of celebration. And then there are um, another set of people who um, sort of dread the holidays. They sort of, 
don't really uh, have the good times to look forward to. And I really want to uplift them because I know there are people out there who could use some inspiration, some some good good words. Uh, what are some stories perhaps you can tell me that maybe I can relate to other people uh, about this particular season? Uh, something that can give them hope, something that can inspire them to do great things. Thank you. Thank you for this great value you want to bring to um, the numerous audience out there, because this time is a very is the, one of the most exciting times in our culture. But at the same time, time you realize it's also one of the most depressing uh, when you realize that you can't afford some gift items. Mm. Somebody's not going to buy you a gift or some of the elephant in the room of your family that is going to be addressed during this time of meeting. Sure. Sure, and sure. so it, it, it can really be a sort of a, um, a, it's double-edged sword and you don't know how to, it's between the devil and the deep sea in terms of mm-hmm. uh, our mm-hmm. emotions and all that. But there are tons of stories I captured in, in the series that I just released, the book series that I wanted to share with the audience, especially during this season, because I wanted them just to know that they are beautiful to start with. Mm. Mm. They are beautiful. They are not valued because people value them. They are valued because their creator has given them all that it means to be a human being. It's not often the stress of this time is because we are comparing ourselves to somebody else. Mm. Um, like being less authentic in the sense of celebrating who we are, no matter its limitations, it may seem. But who tells us it is a limitation when there is actually a plan that is unique for everybody? I remember that story in the book of, in the prophecy of Jeremiah, when scripture was talking about the plan I have for you, my people. Jeremiah 11, he says, a plan for peace, a plan for prosperity, a plan for grace, a plan for to give you hope. And, and, and is that plan that is rooted in understanding that no matter what, I am beautiful. I am adorable before God. I am a precious pearl. That's one thing I want the audience to think about. And secondly, to realize that Meaning, what gives life meaning is not so much about what we receive, but about what we give. Mm. Even walking through that, your shopping, you know, galore, I will call it. And to, you know, Black Friday is today, you know, you go yeah. to so Black Friday. <laughs> spin, spin, spin. <laughs> you know, mm. just going through that and realizing that one just dose of smile. I call it a dose of smile because there is something about it. Looking at that child that you know maybe comes from a broken home or a broken family or a broken neighborhood or a a neighborhood that has not felt loved or that person that nobody has ever smiled at before. Just that smile can make a whole difference. I, I speak from experience because I've seen it that many times people need attention. Mm. No attention can make this celebration wonderful. And imagine if that attention comes from deep within your heart. It's not the typical, you know, our typical high, high, that you know there is no emotion in that high. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, like you mean it. Mm-hmm. That can really be a good experience for this season. And then for those who are spiritually anchored, and I, I, I believe in that, in the spirit, I believe in that anchor, then you, you can also lift the community in your prayers as you get up in the morning, as before you leave for the day or for the Christmas celebration, wish everybody well. Say, hey, just like the, you know, the, the Jewish shalom, wish our society shalom. Because we have so many terrible things happening around us right now. COVID is a shocker for many of us. Even the politics of it and the sociology of it or the science of it, all of that, all of that, it can really get really crazy. How about speak shalom this time? I like that. I like that. I like that. I like what I'm hearing from you. Just to recap to you what I'm hearing. I'm hearing, one, we're all unique. Don't compare yourself to other people. Um, (laughs) Uh, one when you said that, you know what came to mind right off? I don't know why. Uh, high school reunions. You know, you mm. go back to your high school reunion and you see all your friends that you grew up with and you're like, well, what happened to so-and-so, you know, and then someone more successful than others. And it's sort of like it's a barometer um, for life, you know, uh, for your life to see where you are. So I, I thought about that. Then I also thought about huh, Instagram and how people look through social media and they see people uh, on these fabulous vacations and everything. And, and if you just look at Instagram, you would think that everybody was rich, that nobody had problems, <laughs> that everything was wonderful. And then you feel bad about yourself, but it's not always real. You know, so I, I like what you said about just realizing that you're, you're beautiful in your own, your own unique way. Um, I, I like what you said about giving, you know, giving smiles to other people uh, you don't have to give a gift that you paid money for getting someone to smile, you know, genuinely caring about them. I like what you said about that, because that's something that doesn't cost anything. You know, it doesn't cost anything, but it solves a lot of emotional problems. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so free, but it it has to be genuine though. Mm -hmm. Because what really hurts is when you smile and it is fake. You know, city. Mm-hmm. Let it be from your heart, because though you may not have the money to give, you may not have the 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 checks to sign, but you, there is something you can offer: your smile, your prayer. That's wonderful. You don't get. You almost got me started with the Instagram stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wouldn't like us to go that rabbit hole. Do you know why? Because mm. I just, I just de- deactivated my Instagram account last okay. week. Okay, good for you. Good for you. my Facebook account last week. Good for you. A subject for another conversation. Mm-hmm. You see, I love your politeness. You so it's not so real. I will tell you, you are being generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I teach these things in university and I realize that it is, there is a sociological research that looks into the representation of self. I think it's Goofman that wrote that first sociological inquiry into that. And then later it became part of, of um, social presence and, and social theory in mm-hmm. was also adapted in communication research. I was talking about, it's a face walk. You know, people like to is make face to represent themselves in a certain way. Sure. It is a false persona. 
and Instagram, the likes of Instagram has made it so good that you can create the self you wished to be. Yep. And that's why yep. I'm talking about authenticity. You can never be that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why not just be real and enjoy? Do you know beauty? Mm. Look at, look at when you watch the arts, even the expressionists and the impressions mm-hmm. or even the modern art or yeah some people will say um people like michelangelo did a fantastic work but sure. then modern arts would be a impressionist touch change change the whole thing but when you look at art unless you are initiated in in that admiration it may not make sense to you it may not look so beautiful mm-hmm. but when you say it and begin to contemplate that art in itself, you begin to, you will be wowed by the mm-hmm. tonsures and the, the artistic representation in that art. Because the art speaks about itself. Mm. 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 That's interesting. That's interesting. It speaks about itself. Mm-hmm. Some people will say, well, Picasso has messed up the whole artistic representation. <laughs> But when, you, <laughs> but when you look at his art, sometimes he looks stale. But take a moment to just watch a minute. It begins to sink in. It begins to emerge and speak to, about itself. The mm-hmm. same also you can see in different arts in history, whether it is the, high, the so-called high art or the low art, which I don't believe in, by the way, the high culture and the low culture. Do you know why I don't believe in it? Mm. It all depends on, on the perspective of the admirer of that art at that moment. Because a low art can also speak with the same gripping presence when you are just there to look at it and admire it. You know that each individual is like a perfect art from the creator. And that art, whether you have some potholes here and there, mm-hmm. some dirts, some things that you want to cover up with your makeup or no makeup, some so-called deformities or lack of shape or outliers, you know, physiological outliers that are not consistent with what you call harmony of shape or form, no way. Look at it. When you look at it, in its naturalness, it begins to emerge with that beauty. Mm. Because it's beautiful. It is authentically beautiful. You don't need, you don't need the treatment of Instagram to make you look beautiful. <laughs> Just That's have right. that kind of attitude in this Christmas season. It will help. It is. It is. I, I like what you said there too. Uh, it made me think about a couple of other things. Uh, ironically enough, it made me think about uh, yellow cars. Now, um, a friend of mine uh, had a yellow car, which mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, I didn't get why he wanted yellow, but he wanted a yellow car. And I did not notice how many other yellow cars were on the highway once I got um, uh, into my friend's yellow car. But then I started noticing, oh, there are yellow cars out here. I just, I just don't see them. They don't register because I'm not really thinking about yellow. When you said that about art and just the authenticity of it, I think sometimes for me, I don't know about others, but for me, I look at art and sometimes I don't get it. But the reason why I don't get it is because I don't have a reference point in my head, in my head, in, in my heart for it. Right. 
So if I see a picture of, of I don't know, uh, a crying baby, for example, yes. I'm, I'm going to feel some em- empathy for it because I, I have something in my heart that, that registers with this crying child. Um, but if I see something that's more abstract, maybe, and I, and I don't, I just don't get it when I see the abstraction of it, then it, it suggests to me, maybe I don't have something in me that makes me register with this abstraction. I, I need to see something more, more clearly. I say that because um, when people look at art and can appreciate it, I think sometimes people have to ask themselves, okay, I hear this is a beautiful painting. Why don't I see it as beautiful? Is it because one is not truly beautiful? Or is it two, there's something that is not, there's something about its artwork that is not registering in me. So maybe I need to look at what's in me that's not registering for this art, so to speak, if I'm, making, if I'm being clear there. You are, you are uh, being clear enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when you said about being authentic, if someone says, okay, that sounds good to be authentic, it says, that sounds good to be smiling, all that kind of stuff. But if I can't do that, then that's sort of like a, a, a soul check I have to do. You know, what, what's, what's in my soul that's, not keep, that's keeping me from being authentic, from keeping me from smiling? And, and, when, and as I thought about that, it made me think about uh, what you said from the very beginning, about how God made us all, created us all unique, and we all have our own stories. So ultimately, it's, it sounds to me, and maybe, maybe because I'm, uh, I'm looking at your collar, <laughs> it sounds to me that it all comes back to some sort of relationship with God. You know, God made us all, God made us unique. He made us um, uh, a way, he created us to connect with other people. And create with other people, we have to be authentic. And if we feel like we can't be authentic with other people, then maybe something's missing in our relationship with God in some way. Am, am yeah. I off, in, off the mark? Or? No, no, you are not. You're not. You're not. Actually, okay. in this your conversation, you've actually hmm. brought some so many things. I, I can count about four different layers of meaning that you have really mapped in this conversation. Hmm. Uh, I'll try as much as possible to relate to all four because you've pointed something that is very powerful. First is the appreciation of this beauty, the appreciation of it. Second is, why am I not appreciating it? What's going on here? Is it me or is it in the art? Again, we are speaking this in relation to the human person because we're using the art to relate mm-hmm. to the human person as a response to the challenges we face about trying to be who we are not and getting frustrated and getting depressed. Because our goal is how do we get us not be depressed and be proud of who we are? Right. And then the third consideration is to look at, you've touched on a philosophical tradition that some people like, like I've read it. It's not like my quite kind of comfort. Uh, it's not one of my, I would say, hey, this is what I recommend, but it's rich in itself. And I will point to that is about impressions, impressions. And it has a root in Hume, David Hume, who wrote hmm. a classic on impressions. So you touched on it. I don't know if you are aware of it, but we'll come back to it. And then finally, we will now look at what is the answer to this reality. So these four layers. So the first about appreciating, looking at the art. Am I seeing it or not seeing it? So look at that art as Jim, as Morris, or as, as Tammy, or as Jimmy, whoever. Whether the art is appreciated or not, it remains beautiful. Mm. 
Because you cannot force that appreciation on anybody. No matter how you try to use the tools of Instagram or social media or painting to make oneself more glorious and glowing, there will be haters out there. Sure, sure. You can never have everybody still loving you. And you get more depressed. Why are you trying to please the world that can never be pleased? The last time I checked, actually, I learned this lesson from someone who went through the dark part of life and came out stronger. Said, Jesus was perfect. At least something that many people will agree, including those who don't believe in Christianity, is that Jesus was a morally strong, good man. Yes. That is that consistent refrain from different traditions. Right. The only argument is whether he's divine or not. That's where you have disparity. But for many traditions, they see Jesus as you cannot count a moral person that is like close to perfect, if not perfect, without counting Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's a faith mm -hmm. Watch all his teachings. We are radical because he changed the way of the world. But despite that, how many people loved him? Mm -hmm. How are you making effort to please everybody? When everybody can never be pleased, why are you driving yourself nuts, my friend? It's unnecessary. So you are beautiful, whether I appreciate it or not. You know, the fresco is beautiful, whether I appreciate it or not. The modern painting is beautiful, whether I appreciate it or not. Someday, the person it resonates with will appreciate you. And it's not your fault if they don't recognize your beauty. It is not your fault. And you don't need to be apologetic about it. Go boldly this Christmas season. Dress up well as much as you can. Just be happy with your life and, and move on, whether they appreciate it or not. Second, why am I not appreciating this beauty when I see it? Well, there are so many factors. If the way an African-American that we are can appreciate beauty will be completely different from the way uh, someone from German roots will appreciate beauty. Because if you see our, ex our African art, you will see a lot of emphasis on colorfulness and, and form of, of, of we, 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 we are more maximalist in our approach of representation of beauty and he sees in our in our dressing sometimes they say but why are we dressing so flashy why do you like it to dress so well you don't want us to be somebody else we are being african <laughs> we must not be somebody else as Italians, you cannot just say Italian, why are you so lavish with your menu and your dinner table at Christmas? We cannot be anything else but Italian. <laughs> Whether you appreciate this beauty of our making, God is so wise that he created diverse people. God is not an identity politician. <laughs> I don't no want us to go into politics, by the way. <laughs> no respect of person. So true. God created this plethora of human beauty 
so that we can see it as a coat of many colors and, and just celebrate it. Yes. I'm not one against another. Yes, yes. So whether appreciated or not, you are still beautiful. And then whether you can see that beauty in the other or not, well, no matter how you try, there is no way you can interpret the struggles of the African-American, the way an African-American that has lived three, four, five centuries here would represent that reality. No matter how you are all for, let's say, let everything be free for all. Well, you can never appreciate the reality of someone who has worked themselves to death in order to pay their bills right. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. It's just to realize that the human beings are complex. And because we are complex, we need to appreciate who we are. That's a good start. Yes. Third, it touches on what I said. You raised a philosophical conversation. The last time I checked, your show is not about philosophy, <laughs> but you brought it here. <laughs> it is today. <laughs> so you raised a philosophical, <laughs> when you say this is the expression and impression of it, why am I not getting it? Actually, that's a technical concept in, that was introduced in a richer way by David Hume, an English philosopher, okay. who argued that the abstractness of anything has nothing transcendent about it. It has to emanate from the experience. The experience mm. is now taken, elevated to the abstractness, but there is nothing transcendent. And you see why I don't personally like it? Because... If you take it to the logical conclusion, which it did, then forget about transcendence. It's all about your experiences coming in your mind and forming its ideals in the mind, which means for him, once you are incorporated in a particular way, mode of seeing, before long, you begin to appreciate the realities of that mode of seeing. Okay. Okay. But that's one side of the argument. Because God can also put in your heart there are other experiences that are innate. Mm. I don't, you have family, don't you? Do you are you married, yes. if I may ask? Do you have yes, kids? Yes, I have a daughter. The same, okay, a daughter. Wow, you're wondering. Well, you, let's say you have two or three or families that have three children. You're looking at them. Each one is different. Yes. The same training. The same language, the same mode of dressing, the same culture, yet each one is different. So what's going on there? Are they not seeing the same reality? They eat the same, the same pasture. They eat the same chicken wings. Ah, what's going on here? Right, right. There right. is something that is unique that is not just explained by just mere the sensations of experience. Now, and that brings me to the spirit dimension, which I believe that if we want to really let it emerge from the heart, there should be some sort of disposition of the heart that is connected to the spirit. Some will say the spirit man, but I will say the divine spirit, which works with the spirit man to make us really happy at what we do. Look at, can you explain, Jim, 
how many hours you put in doing this podcast and doing so many other things you are doing, and yet you are not stressed out. You look healthy. Is this something that? It- <laughs> thank, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> there is a spirit dimension to it, which mm-hmm. which puts it all together. Yep. Yep. So, but there are different people are at different stages of that journey. The most important thing is just to acknowledge that you are still beautiful. And then the final points, which remember working on the three points you raised from the simple conversation, you took it from <laughs> normal to the philosophical. And then the last <laughs> point is about the, what will be our response? What will be the attitude I think that brings it all together? Is contentment, be content. Mm. Be content. Mm. It's good enough how you are. Am I? I'm not saying that you shouldn't work harder to be better. Sure. But at each stage of the journey, be content while you walk towards a better tomorrow. Because why are you? Why are? Why am I stressing myself for what I cannot change now? Yeah. It doesn't help me. I hear that. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Just be content. And that is rooted on understanding that authentically you are human, authentically you are beautiful. You've had struggles, we've had struggles, we have experiences like that, but just take a moment this vacation period, this holiday period, this Christmas period to relax, just have fun. And as a priest, of course, I would say have fun in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta add that caveat there. I uh, I so enjoyed this conversation. Uh, remind me again about your volume of work and where they can find more information about you. Yes, my brother, I can show you if you don't mind. Actually, yeah, please. They can actually go to any bookstore mm-hmm. and they can go. Amazon is the easiest place to go. They can go to my website. This is the volume one where I walk us through Christmas season. That the t- be title of that again? Tell me the title of that. An Encounter? An Encounter, A Daily okay. Discovery in Divine Word. An encounter daily discovery in divine word. That's volume one. Mm-hmm. And that is for next season, which is Lenten season that is coming up. I like to get people prepared ahead of time. Sure. That's volume two. And that's for the Easter season. That's volume three. It's actually seven volume series, which will wow. every day of the week. The okay. other volumes are going to come out in the next two years, but um, it's just to equip people. It has reflect part. Uh, um, a little idea that is down to earth based on my spiritual journey and then a reflect part where you are suggested some sort of reflection to get you centered and then a little prayer part and it's accessible it's written for the language of a seventh grader so it's not like a language of so simple that even i can understand it that's that's great Sir, I, I, I have so enjoyed this conversation. This is exactly what I needed. A uh, little inspiration to go a little bit further. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm going to make it easier for the podcast listeners. I'm going to leave links in the podcast description to all of your work so they can uh, Thank you so much. I go there. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you again, sir. I hope this isn't the last time I see you. Oh, yeah. Who? Please invite me back. If you don't invite me, I'm begging you. I'm kidding. <laughs> I pray you would. Thank, Thank you, you for this opportunity, Jim. I really appreciate it. You just heard the Things I Think About podcast. 
If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, Jim Stroud wants to hear from you. Contact him at jimstroud at jimstroud.com. And while you're at it, share this podcast and spread the word that it's up to us to save America.